With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Movie Mavericks. The Movie Mavericks Podcast. Movie Mavericks. Speaking of fucking long, uncut European cocks. The Movie Mavericks Podcast. Now for your hosts, Jason and Trevor. I can't wait. Hey now, everybody, welcome to episode 296 of the Movie Mavericks Podcast. I'm Trevor Anderson, sending you over to Jason Rugard. He's got a rundown for us. Yeah, we're back to our regular show tonight on our new format where we'll be switching off from our regular podcast to a retrospective every other week, or uh, pretty routinely there for, there's a route. But anyways, tonight we got, so we got trivia, a trivia guided towards you guys tonight, because uh, my trivia was off. Trevor punched some holes in my trivia, so I don't know what we're doing for trivia, but we do have a lot of news Reviews and trailers. We have a lot of trailers tonight, including Get a Job, Hardcore Henry, also Criminal, and reviews for The Witch, Fire City, Mom's Night Out. Mom's Night Out? Yeah, Trevor's Night In was Mom's Night Out, huh? <laughs> I like it. So, uh, also got The Martian, uh, The Walk. Oh, you watched The Walk without me, huh? How dare you? Without you? I thought you would have told me you watched this before. I didn't know I was supposed to wait for you. You were. I wanted to see it first. I've been talking about it for about a year. I didn't see it yet. <laughs> You beat me on that one, but we'll get to this now. Let's jump into the trivia. And the trivia that I couldn't get uh, off the ground here, my initial question was going to be, which of these actors has never portrayed a police officer? Will Smith, Robert De Niro, Tom Cruise, or Robert Downey Jr.? Now, you said initially Robert Downey Jr., correct? That would have been my guess, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of the bait question here because uh, everyone forgets that he played a U.S. Marshal in the film titled U.S. Marshals because it wasn't that memorable. (laughs) <laughs> he owned a film, but it yeah. really, I thought was going to be Cruz until I forgot that he was a cop in Minority Report. Yeah, it's kind of the whole point of Minority Report. Right? <laughs> I guess because it was futuristic and whatnot, I used to associate him with being mm. like a, you know, a modern day cop or, or something like that. But uh, that led us to the conversation. And I want to throw it out there to you guys. And I, I propose this. What modern major movie star See, or now actress. You, now, now you preface it with major because I, I, I had a couple of them but he, he shot me down. I said they weren't stars. All right, hold on. Let me get it out. There. So Let's put this out. I'm, <laughs> I'm saying top 25 actors, actresses. They've all been a fucking cop at some point in their career. And if you, if you can beat me on this, if you can best me on this, please go to our Facebook page. Don't put your trivia answer out there because, uh, or your answer to this, because just Trevor so, came up so, with so everyone knows where Jason's at. Toby Maguire and Natalie Portman are not stars. I don't consider them stars. <laughs> Trevor, so Trevor if you, goes, if you, if you happen to get one person who's not, has never been a cop, they won't be a star. So just forget it. First of all, Toby Maguire is a fucking joke. Even just <laughs> Spider-Man. Like, come on. They, they, this is ridiculous. He's the uncool Jake Gyllenhaal. Second, and this is the most important one, is the way that you told me Natalie Portman, her, you know, her qualifications for being a Star Wars, she was in Star Wars and she's got a fucking Oscar. But like, number one was that she was in Star Wars. Which you think would clinch it, you know? Oh my goodness. Yeah, this is just too much fun. So I can't think of uh, anybody, though, like major star-wise who has not played a cop at some point in their career. Maybe you can get me, but I can't. 
And Cam- I don't consider I don't consider your uh, <laughs> your nominations for shit. Cameron Diaz. Oh man. I mean, does Charlie's Angels count? I mean, he's had a cop. <laughs> oh shit, that's true. I mean, what is that? <laughs> Were they cops? Uh, that's I, close enough. I think I think that's close enough. Yeah. All right, so she's down. She's, she's been down. Yes, it's a, it's a hard day to get them. Yeah, it's hard to get one. It just goes to show you there's a lot of movies about cops. A lot. Yeah, that is true. Most movies, shit. Speaking of cop movies, it looks like we're going to get another Bad Boys, which is uh, something great, but also not that great, because it's too long in the making, in my opinion. Joe Carnahan sketched out a little pre-vision, hmm. uh, had a scene from, looks like a highway f- freeway chase, uh, on his Twitter page, it went viral, and Will Smith acknowledged it and said they are going to do a third chapter. But they've waited so long now, even longer than the space between the first and second installment. And um, uh, has it has it passed? I mean, number two is one of my, maybe one of yours as well, as favorite movies. And has the time passed for it to be good? We'll just have to wait and see, right? I mean, this is it, it has been so long. I don't know how time will change uh, what we knew as bad boys. Um, cause definitely, you know, I don't know that those are old Michael Bay movies <laughs> and they really, that's what they are. Right. So it's weird to get something that's new and not Michael Bay. And will the shtick be worn by then? You know, the Will Smith being ultra cool at this point, he's pushing, you know, a certain age. But he's gotta be, yeah, he can't do the, he can't be normal Will Smith that he is today. Right. Or else they'll have. But again, maybe they can deal with that in some way. But you're right. I mean, a lot of the fun of the old ones was that these guys were a little bit younger. They were kind of tripping over themselves a little bit. Yeah, and uh, I don't know if they can retain that. And the second one is played constantly on TNT lately. I don't know if you've seen this. It's like the last year, it's like every weekend it's been on TNT. But uh, this is in rotation quite a bit. People are familiar with these characters. There's still potential for a hit. Joe Carnahan is behind this, the guy that was behind, I think, the – Somewhat unfairly judged A team uh, retread. I didn't think it was as bad as people said. It was all right. Yeah, exactly. It was all right. And um, smoke, smoke and aces. I feel the same way. I think Narc I like was smoke his most, and aces. I think Narc though was his most promising film uh, on the whole. Did you catch that one? I guess. Yeah. I mean, I saw it back. They, there was a bunch I, that came out at the same time as a bunch of gritty um, cop stuff. So I don't know. <laughs> well, also sequel wise, we're mm. talking Mel Brooks announcing that there will be a Spaceballs two, um, which isn't surprising judging the fact that they're going <laughs> to lampoon The Force Awakens, presumably. But the surprising fact is that Mel Brooks is still alive. Isn't it going to be like? I mean, when how is this going to be good? Is my question. This is going to be too silly, right? I don't think spoofs play that well anymore i don't know i haven't haven't seen a good spoof in a long time yeah me as well i mean obviously you know marlon's wayne's is still making them but those are tanking even um, harder than before oh yeah i mean that mr black one or whatever that was the name of the last one mr black wasn't it 50 shades of black 50 shades of black um looked looks terrible um so i would imagine that mel brooks in this day and age just would not you know, translate very well back in his heyday. Uh, you know, yeah, these were great movies, but uh, I don't know. They're just spoof movies really aren't movies anymore. You know, they're like a, a little fun little thing. They're, YouTube I don't know, they're not even events. Yeah, they are. That's, that's a good way of putting it. They're very small. Um, I don't know. I think the last great one I saw would be scary movie Two. 
Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Um, and some would even say Scary Movie 1 would get, even go that further, but I, I'm a big fan of Scary Movie 2. Sure, but I mean, that was the last one I was saying. Um, the Wayans Brothers really had a hard time. Uh, recently, the Haunted movie did okay. I thought it was fairly amusing for what it was, but um, they were getting to the point uh, to like bad Leslie Nielsen ones, you know, like wrongfully accused and misrepresented, <laughs> you know, like the bad yeah, one of points yeah. he did. Um, however, there is one coming out called Meet the Blacks that is looks like it's uh, spoofing The Purge, and hmm. it, it had a really strange trailer. I caught it when I saw The Witch this weekend. Mike Epps stars in it. And it looks like it should be coming out directly on like Lionsgate uh, DVD, but they're giving it. A, I believe it's Lionsgate is giving it a theatrical release. So uh, you got to check yeah. the trailer out on that. We'll talk about the next show. But that sounds like a Lionsgate release. Talk about it, bad. I mean, <laughs> I, I, it's, it's insulting. It's so bad. Hmm. All right, what else we got here? Lethal Weapon coming to the television screen. Do we need the Lethal Weapon show? We're getting the Rush Hour show. <laughs> Do we need a Lethal Weapon show? Not really. I mean, unless these are going to be really good, but you just doubt it. You know, I, I imagine a lot of this stuff's going to just disappear. Don't you? I, I can't imagine in three years there's a Lethal Weapon TV show still on. Uh, lethal Weapon is going to star Damon Wayans Jr. in the Danny Glover role. They haven't said who's going to play the Mel Gibson role. It's kind of the key bit of casting. Junior, junior or senior? I'm sorry, senior. Oh, yeah, um, so he's saying junior say. now, but though this is the original, <laughs> the original, the major pain. Yeah. Um, good casting there, but like you said, memorable show, probably not. Probably not. And even if it's a good show, can't it be its own thing? Does it have to be a Lethal Weapon situation? I know. I would rather have it be something different because what – I don't know. The movies were the movies. Why Why make a TV show out of it? It's going to have to be like – I don't even know what the fuck it would have to be, right, in order to survive. In a way, I understand what Rush Hour is. Just saying the name, I get that it's yeah, like... Yeah, you know, and it's, those movies were cheesy enough. You know, but Lethal Weapon movies were halfway real. Very, very violent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of their know. time. Like, too. Rush Hour is more fun and and kind of goofy and stuff. So I, I can kind of understand parlaying that into a TV show. But Lethal Weapon was pretty... The dude was going to fucking suicidal and shit, you know? Yeah, very suicidal. And... um racist homophobic all sorts of stuff apparently the actor <laughs> behind the situation <laughs> of course you're speaking of damon wayne senior like, yeah right uh no so this show if it has any chance at all i mean a pilot will be interesting but um they're having trouble with keeping anything on the air for very long i mean they just failed recently with the minority report show there's mm-hmm. been a lot of crossover television shows that aren't working and i think uh, at least at least it's not another superhero show I guess that's the only positive. Well, I guess TV's eaten, you know, from the same bowl as movies lately, and they've kind of you just run out of stuff to do. And the fact, you know, just making something to make it isn't isn't a good idea. You know, well, they did that with never Point worked. Break, and that's just been that was horrific. They've done with a lot of stuff. You know, I mean, we just talked about uh, the A Team, and really, that was that movie's whole problem. It was that it just existed just to exist, just to make an eighteen movie, but that's a horrible reason to make an eighteen movie. Um and to be fair, this is the same exact way I feel about Star Wars. So it goes from the top to the bottom, you know. They're just making movies to make movies. Well then speaking of making movies, they're gonna make at least three more Transformers movies Holy going shit. forward until two. Michael Bay will be directing them all. Uh, probably it's for his <laughs> sins. Apparently, he got locked into child child purgatory. He's child like, purgatory. Yeah. yeah, he has to just keep making Transformers movies. And Bumblebee, which is a very popular character in a lot of the films, is going to get his own spinoff in 2018. So this universe is expanding. We heard 
them talking about the writer's room situation where they were uh, coming up with brainstorming ideas to further the franchise in different ways. This is the fruition of that. Do we like this? Wow. Are we against this? It's original. Who ever would have seen this coming? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think that if it had been WitWiki that had been spun off, it would have been far more what? Wow. I'd rather see the parents go on like a vacation. That's what I'm saying. They should they should spin off like the human characters, but just no Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> it should just be Shia LaBeouf just fucking out there, you know? He's fucking out there. You hear about his latest little antics? Yeah. The elevator guys, thing or whatever? Slapping people in elevators? Ooh. I swear to God. Let me hunt down Shia LaBeouf. Oh, shithead. All right. I think he's hanging out with Cat Williams somewhere. Oh, boy, they're just slapping each other, then. <laughs> they just headbutt each other like little fucking billy goats. All right, next we got Fast 8. And uh, I know you were all excited to get the Fast and Furious oh, movies going. I'm so excited. 8, 9, and 10. Oh, boy. Double digits. Ten, 10 will be out in 2021, which will come out a full 20 years after the original. You know, at least, at least James Bonds didn't number themselves, because it, it gets ridiculous after a while, doesn't it? No, they're throwing you off. They're calling this one Fast 8. <laughs> the other one was Furious 7. It's a number. <laughs> what happened to Fast 5? Furious 6? I mean, yeah, they're acting like these are innovative titles. And uh, we they said are. this is going to take place in New York, or at least part of it will take place in New York from the teaser poster. But we didn't know until this week was that Charlize Theron is being lined up to as the villain uh, character in this movie, presumably a relative of Jason Statham's character. And uh, a hot relative, apparently. She's a relative? Like, because he's a relative, right? Right. I guess it's, it's all tree. relative. Yeah, I know. The bad guys were just going through all of them. It's going through that whole family. We got some lineage problems here with this writing. <laughs> I mean, the amount of uh, storyboarding to keep the fucking plot line straight in this thing must be, you know, oh, after. There's no storyboarding happening here. Well, at least they're free to move forward now. They're, they, they're not tied to any of the previous mythologies. So this one... Might be interesting to see how they're reestablishing. Well, I think they fly before. in this one. I mean, what else do they do? Oh, they've been flying. I just think that this time, <laughs> no, this time, this time they're wearing capes and whatnot. <laughs> I believe. I believe they've just gone for it, right? They just fly around the city. It's going to get to that people. point because these are huge movies. I mean, this movie was the like, one of the highest. I think it still is the highest grossing American film ever in China. So they play very, very well across seas, and uh, it's due to the fact that. This shit sells internationally because there's no, there's not a lot of words. And they can easily dub this in a lot of action, and people, people understand the fact they're driving a fast car and how crazy that can be, and how throwing it out of, <laughs> and how throwing it out of a fucking airplane. I don't, I don't think people understand that. I mean, understand how crazy it can be with a car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. That's that's. I'm glad that that's where you put the foreigners. That's their <laughs> level. That's where they're safe at. You know? Hey, y'all out there, you understand the fucking <laughs> velocity of parking? Everyone in China's like, oh, very fast. Oh, oh man, but they have been made uh, Monster Hunt, or not Monster Hunt, the Mermaid movie, the highest grossing oh, yeah. film ever. I mean, it's like four hundred and thirty million dollars. I mean, that's a massive amount of money. But they have a lot of. That. I mean, if you look at their box office, it's it's speckled with their own. Uh, films as well that do just as much as and actually most of the big ones have been recent yeah they are spending a lot of money over that's why we are pandering to them quite a bit in what we're making 
and the fact of uh, oh, yeah. location, characters, and things like that. Which is fine. They got some nice cities over there. So they actually have a lot of of those ghost cities over there. So that'd be cool. Maybe people should go over there and use some of those empty cities. Yeah, maybe North Korea next. Yeah, I don't. I don't think North Korea so much. <laughs> <laughs> but. No, why not? No China's food? China's a good looking country. You can do lots of shooting over there. Like you ever seen a North Korean bodybuilder? Didn't think so. There's no fucking food. <laughs> Alright, moving. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Just move on that for a second. We'll come back with reviews for The Witch and Fire City. This podcast is a proud member of the Lamb Podcasting Network. Find the network at largeassmovieblogs.com. You are about to witness history in the making. Hi there, this is Todd from Forgotten Films, and if you spend all your time watching new releases, then you need to broaden your movie horizons. And a great way to do that is by joining me for the Forgotten Filmcast. We don't talk about the new releases, we don't even talk about the classics. We talk about the movies that time forgot. On each episode, I'm joined by another film blogger to discuss a film that may or may not be worth rediscovering. So look for the Forgotten Filmcast on iTunes, Podomatic, and wherever you find great podcasts. I bet they're talking about a Tobey Maguire movie. Exactly. <laughs> the man is not a star. Well, MTV Movie Awards says differently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is going to be good. Uh, I, I want to know if anyone can out there can really... I do like... I, I do like the, his fake trailer, though, in uh, in the, the Ben Stiller movie. Well, what is that? Um Oh, Tropic, oh Tropic Thunder, yeah. He did almost. Uh, he recently. Uh, that's Elijah Wood. God, I got them too confused. Oh no, those. Oh, that's the same person. <laughs> <laughs> Damn near, right? So you agree? Yeah. And Elijah Wood's yeah. not a star. He's not. He is. Does Elijah Wood? He's open a Hobbit. That does, people don't go see that because he's in it. No, people don't go see a lot of movies because people are in it. People didn't go see Pawn Sacrifice at all because it didn't open. <laughs> <laughs> and that's your boy Maguire. That was a chess year. movie. I mean, who, who who would have been in Pawn Sacrifice and would have opened it? Jane Nobody. Tino. No no one was. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing chess with his fucking shirt off. <laughs> that fucker would have opened. It would have. Because I probably would have gone and seen that. Like, Jane Tate's playing chess? Holy shit. Well, no, people are like, no, he can't play chess. He's not smart enough yeah, to play fucking chess. I know. I got to see this. He must act his ass off. They misunderstood. They thought he was playing chess, like with his chest, but it's actually <laughs> chess. <laughs> oh. All right. Moving on. Um. Oh, I saw The Witch. I think I saw The Witch. So where'd you see her at? Um. I used to see her all the time. <laughs> yeah. Woo. <laughs> Uh, but no, now I saw it at the movie theater and I wasn't impressed. I told you this opening night. Uh, I saw it the, the reviews. Night. All the reviews have been stellar for this. Audience reaction has agreed with me, though. Split very evenly. C minus cinema score. Um, people are, there's a major backlash mm. if you're reading any of the Cinema Blend stuff or articles on Slash about, uh, you know, it not being scary. And it's not that it's not scary, it's just, uh, it's, it's just not involving in any level. There's nothing here, and it, what's happening is extremely telegraphed. That's another problem with this movie. I think it's being very clever mm-hmm. when it's broadcasting to you what it's, where it's going. 
the whole time. Mm. And it gets there very slowly and it wants to be complimented for, you know, breaking new ground when it really, it hasn't done anything special at all. Um, it's like a Terrence Malick movie with a little bit of possession thrown in, but it's a lot more about being faithless. So <laughs> well, that doesn't sound good at all. There you go. Aren't they like Puritans or something? They're, but they're, you know, exiled Puritans for having right, lost their faith. Right. So, and like I said, it's a lot of, as it should be, but it's, you know, very hard to understand with old English speaking and, you know, <laughs> ye of, you know. Ye art the witch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Speak low evil out of thou mouth and, you know, things. It's like, that's, I, I don't know. That's it's the just, scary part. It was not involving in any way. Some images are pretty mm. well done that are, are going to be haunting to some people. But mm. I don't know. I can't imagine that this has any sort of life out there. I, I'm surprised it opened up as well as it did. You can see why A24. I'm surprised that. it got, because yeah, it was weird, but good, weird. I mean, it you're saying it's of, not good, but, you know, that's A24. You know, it has a lot of the like problems that A24 movies have yeah. and the fact that they start off very good and they got a good concept, but then they fall apart. They never can really deliver. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They make for great trailers. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, we, I, we both did like the trailer to this, but I never – it didn't really instill – even reading the good reviews, I had no itch to go watch The Witch, you know. I just wanted to see something artsy, and if this is what an artsy horror film is, um, I can I can handle it, but <laughs> – you don't, you don't want to. <laughs> it's not like it's uh... – Abel Ferreira or some like Jim Jarmusch or some weirdo mm. that's out there to punish you. It's not like that. Um, it's just, it, it thinks it's being a lot smarter when it, it the whole time yeah, uh, it's yeah. telling you where it's going. So I want you to see it just when it's, we can talk about this further. Well, yeah, well, whenever it comes out on Netflix, <laughs> I recommended fire city to you a while back and you caught up with it, right? I did fire city end of days. What'd you think? This is uh, an interesting movie. Um, I think, I think it had some problems of its own, <laughs> um, but still a pretty interesting movie. This is about the demons living in the building, and there's kind of a demon mm-hmm. cop who keeps the humans and the demons separated. Uh, he doesn't appear as a demon to humans, but of course he does to the fellow demons. And this makeup effect in this was really good. And I like the guy who played the lead character; like they kind of. Mm-hmm. grizzled film noir aspect of this in a way. He kind of didn't want the job, but he's got to do it reluctantly and, and keep these kids away from him. And, uh, well, I he like... doesn't keep the kids away. I mean, to be fair, he brings people for the demons to eat. He's a drug dealer, right? He's basically a drug dealer, attracts the people who are, well, drug addicts. And the demons, when they kill people and eat them, they, they want to scare, they want to live off the the fear and then the torment of the torture and stuff. And that's kind of where they get their meal from. But they also physically eat them as well. So he delivers people to them. They live in the basement of this building. And, uh, and that way they can, they stay in there. You know, they don't go out and, and, and do things. This is like the civilized way for demons to live, I guess. Right. True blood in a way. Mm-hmm. And then somehow something gets unleashed, some sort of a virus type thing, I guess you would say. Um, or at least they think it is. Uh, and it infects uh, the people and it makes them all happy and stuff. Now the demons don't have anything to eat. And so this guy has to try to figure out a way to fix that, I guess, so that the demons right, have don't go crazy and just start killing everybody. 
and they have a way of dealing with uh, or surviving. But it's a weird movie in the sense that uh, a lot of things happen in it, but it glosses over things like th- like stuff doesn't really have meaning or it doesn't explain things out to you the way that it should. If that makes sense, especially at the end of the movie, um, I thought it was really bad when he when he sifts through the ashes and trying to give it away. But you know, he sifts through the ashes and he finds uh, the reveal. But it's never it, you're not really walked through it. It just kind of just all of a sudden it, it's just different, right? It'll just take a like a, a ninety degree turn just all of a sudden, and you're just supposed to be just going along with it. And a lot of this, the real reveals I thought were like that in this. This movie is you're either going to go along with it from the jump or not. This is that kind of a movie. It's so odd. Just listen to what you're saying here. They don't put a lot of glue into this. You know, they just kind of they just kind of push through it. I mean, if you think about what's going on here, it's it's a movie where it's against humans being happy. When the world goes into happiness, things are fucked for him. Well, you know? not really. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree, but not not, not really. <laughs> I did think that the makeup effects were really good for this. It was kind of a uh, – not comical at times, but it had a sense of humor about it too. Yeah, it definitely did. I thought it was a bit – it's a bit on the cheap side, you know, here and there. So, a single um, location you're talking about? That, um, I mean, some of the pho- photography is a little cheap as well looking. Um, I mean, you could tell that when they were rushed uh, on set certain times and certain locations were a little rinky dinky. Uh, but when they did have time, when they did set things up right, it, it does look good. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you watched it, though. Worth the watch, right? Yeah, I think so. It's on whatever Amazon right now. So Amazon Prime, you can watch for free. Mom's night out. What first of all, how did this come about? Before we get into the re- review, how did this come about? How did this, this come about? Launch? This yeah. was just on my Netflix queue, and they decided to send me the, this and that Alexander's horrible whatever thing instead of uh, anything worth a damn. Hmm. All right, let's get into it. How was Mom's <laughs> night out? Uh, this is surprisingly good. Oh God! Yeah, <laughs> I thought so as well because I was. He, he, you know, the thing about it, I, I was really worried when I popped it in, and then I realized this is a faith-based film. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, So yeah. I was like, oh, gosh. Uh, luckily, there's only about two or three moments where they kind of sit down and be like, you know, God is with you and whatever. Look, I have no problem with that kind of stuff, but when it's thrown in your face like Left Behind was, then it's just it's not irritating. It's not done that in this I know. It, it, it happens in here, and you realize, okay, this is that moment, because it's... That, it's one of those movies, but it's done in such a way where it's not, you know, it, it's that part of the movie. They would be saying this shit anyways. They just wouldn't say God, but they have, they say God in this cause it's that kind of a movie. So it's, it's natural. Um, and I actually, I, I kind of liked it. It's kind of funny. It's good family movie. Um, and the, you know, the God stuff's not, not overbearing. So you can actually give it a positive review. So, uh, I know I do. <laughs> I was surprised. I was surprised to, to, to like it as much as I did. I mean, it's not worth anything, but, you know, a a Netflix watch. Was it better than Alexander? No, they were about the same. I would say I actually really liked the, the Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day as well. And I expected that this was going to be a giant piece of crap and it wasn't, man, you were stoked. It was actually kind of funny. (laughs) (laughs) After all was said and done, I was like, damn, I feel bad that I was, uh, I was dredging, looking forward to dredging, watching these things, but they were actually turned out to be uh, pretty sweet. Uh, just nice little family movies that were kind of funny here and there, you know, not, not bad. 
I thought they were gonna be terrible. I mean, I understand. Uh, I went and saw, like I said, The Witch this week, and uh, I came home and I had to like watch something light. I put on the fucking Black Cauldron, so I watched an animated <laughs> movie, Disney animated movie afterwards, just to get back in the right frame of mind. Yeah, so. I like all kinds of movies, and you know, I'm not. I'm not trying to pick one over the other but there are those movies and both of these would be those where you look at them and you think god there's no way i'm gonna like that but uh, i was pleasantly surprised by both i saw an old movie this week i want to talk about called crossroads a 1986 walter hill movie with Ralph, with britney Ralph spears uh, that's the good one it's always aldana there's always aldana movie right the britney spears movie yeah uh no this is the ralph macchio one where uh it's about robert johnson and uh, the famous blues player and this kid who is obsessed with finding Robert Johnson's mentor or friend, this old man who is in a mental hospital in New York. He hunts him down, helps the old man escape. They go back, start hoboing around, which is an actual term. I don't even know hoboing, jumping on the trains. Sure. Riding the rails. I hoboed around plenty. <laughs> yeah, I had a hobo, dude. <laughs> I took that care of that as an ointment for that. Yeah. Got your stick and your... I'm a hobo, I'm a vagabond, <laughs> and my white man blues. Anyways, this movie is peculiar as all hell and ends up with uh, Macchio playing guitar against another guitarist who is the devil's minion for possession of his soul and the old man's soul. If that sounds at all intriguing to you, check out Crossroads, which has some great music by Ry Cooter, hmm. uh, the blues musician who scored all of Walter Hill's movies. And the music, Macchio's performance... And just the sheer weirdness of it, I kind of give it a, a moderate recommendation. But uh, especially if you're into music at all, if you're a guitarist or a blues aficionado, definitely check it out. But just for a passing interest, it's on Crackle right now. That's where I caught it. And um, hmm. I'm a Hiwato, so that's Walter. free. Yeah. And I'm a, it, does, he, in, does he crane kick? Uh, no, but he hits a key with his guitar and it looks Ooh. like it's been practiced. <laughs> he looks like he's been practicing. And Maggio is basically playing a karate kid character here. But instead of Miyagi, he's got a you know older black man he's following around as a musical mentor. And Maggio does a good job of looking like he's studying something very hard, you know, whether it be karate or, or the guitar or something. He has that kind of look that he's taking it all very seriously, no matter how fucking outlandish the situation. So I got to give him credit because that, this could have been Is extreme. that just a dumbfounded look? <laughs> I don't know. No, it's, not, that's a, it's not like the Ashton Kutcher deal. It's like a – it's kind of like a, an innocence – Innocent intentness, so huh. I right. enjoyed parts of this movie, but I can't fully recommend it. But check it out on Crackle. Sounds which odd. is a great app. If you don't have Crackle out there, you're, you're fucking up. Crackle's available on pretty much anything, so yeah, it's free and it shows it's movies. Uh, it has a couple you know, advertisements here and there, but it does show them in their mm-hmm. unedited glory. So I like all the, the Jerry stuff. Seinfeld show on there that comedians in cars getting coffee, pretty good, as well as the Tick. Oh, they got the tick on there? Mm-hmm. He's the tick. All right. What else do you got here? You got the uh, walk. How was the walk? I, I saw the walk finally. Um, uh, <laughs> really? I want to I tell you it's good, but it really ain't. Um, Not good at all? Uh, she's a slow burn, man. Not until no. you get halfway through it does it actually get you know, pretty good. But it's just so underwhelming. Um, what happened? It's just underwhelming. It's just not, it's not very that exciting. Story has been t- this is the story of uh, the, yeah, the guy who walked across stories the great. towers. Um, this is not so great. You know, It's a little bit bland, I would say. Um, like I say, until they get halfway through, until they finally get to doing stuff, uh, actually starting to, uh, uh, you know, uh, 
the planning stage is even a little is a little boring. But once they get into the towers and they're gonna actually do it, um, you know, uh, that that's good. Uh, but then, but I, I don't know. I think that I mean the documentary was just uh, must be, must have been better. The documentary is fantastic. Man, I haven't seen the documentary. Yeah, everyone says it's great. But if the I, I mean, if the documentary is anything like this, then I would say you're all fucking nuts. So that can't be true. It has to be just this movie is a little bit underwhelming. Um, is Gordon Levitt as bad as they said? Because he was, you know, being chided as this being a Saturday the, Night Live parody. Yeah, it is pretty bad. I mean, the the French. Uh, it, it's really it's it's the accent is the thing that's just it throws you for a loop, and it's so heavy and thick. Um, that it, I mean, it doesn't even sound like him. It's really, it's kind of weird and off-putting. To be fair, the character was French. Yeah, I know. I'm, I mean, there's, I'm not knocking the movie. It's just, that's just how it feels when you watch it. And that's the read you get on it was, it just, it doesn't feel natural. And, and as I say, it's a stretch for a movie, man. I mean, it's, it's too long. The, the setup is too, is too much. And they, go through this whole period of trying to get these characters, um, you know, and more people, uh, we need to get like uh, someone else uh, in on this. And you, you think, why, why do you need anybody else to, to do this? And they don't really do a good job of explaining why they need the crew or really who the crew is. They just kind of pick these oddballs up and these guys kind of don't really do. There's no training for them. You know, there's, there's not much, I guess there's too much, really too much backstory for, his actual character. There's too much time spent in France before he's even really thinking about two towers. You're not recommending it. I take it. Uh, it's okay. I mean, if you, if you want to see the, the movie version of this, then, you know, you just, you just get to watch it. But I really think Zemeckis has, uh, seen better days at this point. So technically it didn't, uh, throw you either special effects wise. Nah, nah, I mean nothing nothing you haven't seen before, quite honestly. And it's not it's not shot in such a way. Um I don't know. Yeah, it's really not shot in such a way that you feel the danger, so I don't know. Maybe maybe other people got something else out of it. I don't think so. I mean, this really didn't make much of a splash. Let's talk about the Martian, because the Martian made a big splash. Yeah. Except for a ton of Oscars. I gave it uh, a you know, a mediocre review. I you, wasn't you didn't put it. it on your top 10 and I was like, this is crazy. And then I watched it and I realized, yeah, this movie just kind of just exists. It's just mediocre, right? It's a huge letdown. Yeah. It's, um, it's just, uh, you know, and the problem is I started reading this book too before, cause I don't want to read the book before I watch this. And the book's boring as fuck. So I don't know what people were going crazy over the book for. Um, and I think this movie is just about as, as boring as well. I mean, where's the, the fun even there's not a lot of fun in this there's not a lot of upswing you know or downswing this just it just kind of sits you know and shit just kind of happens and doesn't really do a good job of taking you on that roller coaster ride i had the problem of that i thought that it was harder like i said for hanks to get off the island than it was for this guy to get off mars well and he, he seemed- didn't he didn't really go through a lot you know that's what i'm saying as well like when he grew the potatoes and stuff it was just kind of like oh wow you he grew some potatoes you know like where's the the roller coaster um, here in this, you know, I, don't I know. hated I, the disco soundtrack. Yeah, I know that did nothing for me as well. 
hated it. Um, which was unfortunate because the music and it should have been something that worked really well. I will, I will say, I mean, this is Ridley Scott. Um, the, the one thing I thought about watching this was like, I was just thinking, God, you know, Prometheus had more of a, of a roller coaster, an upswing, downswing, way better. more characters' involvements. You really felt, actually kind of started, for me, anyways, feeling for some of the characters and kind of getting involved in, the, in the, what was going on. And to me, The Martian kind of played out more like Kingdom of Heaven, really, Scott, where shit's just kind of like happening and maybe there's too much th- to be told and he's not doing a very good job of handling all of it. I also didn't think Damon was that great. I thought he was good. He's not. No, he's not. But he's not given anything. Right? I mean, that was. Uh, I would have to argue that he's not. There's not enough focus on him. I mean, when when there is something happening that you really should be focused on him, they cut away to other people, you know, talking to him and getting those transmissions. And it's like, I'm on the wrong side of this. You know, I don't really need to see their reaction to reading something and then, oh, they think he's funny because he wrote something funny to them. Like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? I just thought there was a lack of energy in the film and a, a lack of urgency lack. in the character. Huge that lack. just transferred. Uh, you never just... felt that he was going to die, did you? I never no, thought. No, never felt he was second. in danger. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah I, was a, I was let down quite a bit. Yeah, I'm glad I wasn't bit. crazy on that because you asked me, oh, no Martian on your list? And I said, no, man. I know. I thought you were nuts because the trailer's so good. But I tell you, that that movie, the trailer is that movie, but um, I don't know I don't know how they fucked it up. <laughs> well, here's the million-dollar question. I don't know. Huh. Interstellar or The Martian? Well, and I will say this begrudgingly, but Interstellar every day beats The Martian. I'll go Martian over Interstellar. Really? I think you're crazy. First of all, they're both dog shit. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. We're taking, you know, nothing from nothing is nothing. I think we should say that. But at least Interstellar, I got some emotion out of, you know. And uh, and the action sequences uh, are there, which they just aren't in The Martian. I know. I mean, sure people walk through some fucking wind, and they're like, and that's it. I'm like, eh. And that scene reminded yeah. me of Red Planet, that movie with Val Kilmer from like 15 years ago. And I think Damon's better in Interstellar as well. Yeah, I'll give you that. He's fantastic in Interstellar. Uh, I, I still go Martian just because it's shorter, mercifully. <laughs> I don't know if it's merciful, man. It ain't. It's it's still. Uh, it's a slow burn. <laughs> still a punishment. <laughs> All right, last review for the night. You got me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. This independent darling won over Sundance. Big splash when it premiered, and then did nothing. Just like the other film, Dope, that came out this year. Was this one worth it? Uh, yeah, I really like this. If you like young adult movies about uh, cancerous kids, <laughs> well, you like Fault in Our which Stars, they make a lot fair. of them. Yeah, so, but this doesn't compare to that. I mean that 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 movie Fault in Our Stars to me was kind of the some that was a real surprise of how good that was. Um, and this kind of falls in line with that. It's not as good, um, but it is still very good. Um, the the me in this the the main character is a fucked up kid. Um, Earl's fucked up and the dying girl's fucked up. So it's an interesting movie to see uh, the, those dynamics and how they play out. But uh, it is what it is. I don't know. It got me uh, mainly because um, I bought into the lie. I don't know if you watch the movie, I don't want to ruin it, but if you do watch the movie, I kind of bought into the lie because of the way they set it up. And so I dare I say they did pull the rug out from under me a little bit, but I did it to myself. So now, is it too precious? That's what the trailer looked like. No, actually, it's not. And it's uh, it doesn't really focus too much on the movie-making side of things. Um, they just That's just something that they do. 
Uh, yeah, the the trailer made it feel like this really was all about making movies. Mm-hmm. In a way, it's not. You know, as a matter of fact, that's hardly in it at all. Um, it's it's here and there. It's peppered throughout. And the movie that they're making for this girl, uh, they really fail at it. And he really puts it off for a long time throughout it. Um, I mean, the kid's just an asshole. Uh, but so is Earl and the dying girl. Everyone's an asshole in this. Uh, sounded pretty good now. Um, yeah, it was it was surprisingly better. Mainly because, as you say, you know, it wasn't uh, it, it it wasn't too sweet on itself. It wasn't trying to be um, anything more than just a story uh, about a a, a kid. It's kind of an outcast was learned how to, you know, trans be transparent and blend in and, and, and with any crowd and um, how he deals with, you know, finally having a relationship that or two relationships that actually matter. That film, along with Dope, which is currently on Netflix, uh, got great reviews out of Sundance and both failed to connect with audiences in their theatrical release. Maybe they'll really find their audiences on this uh, new platforms where everyone's getting them here at home. I do intend to check out both of them, so I'll get back to you on this one. But I just thought, you know, from the trailer, oh, God, another movie with these kids. Another independent film about young independent filmmakers. I just thought, (laughs) I can't do this again, you know. But maybe that's the reason it didn't do all that well because that's not really what it's about. That's how they sold it. People went there and the ones that wanted to see that and didn't even get that. So we'll see what's up. But, hey, you got some uh, positive recommendations for Mom's Night Out, Alexander. (laughs) In Fire City, you were on the fence, but then you went negative on The like Martian and The Walk. So, yeah. Uh, and I was down on The Witch, but you had some pos- surprisingly positive ones. You in went there. down we got, on The Witch. Um, yeah, a couple times. That's, that's we, dance dangerous, man. I know, I know. I'll send you to the <laughs> clinic the next day if you have to. Like I said, they got ointment for that, too. So, what's your streaming online pick of the week? Uh, so, I'm going to go ahead and throw out Love, which is the new Judd Apatow. Um, uh, show on Netflix, a 10 episode uh, arc. Uh, it was really surprisingly good. Um, and it's very Judd Apatow, even though it's not uh, directed by him. But still, I don't know. Very good. Felt very uh, 80s in its. Well, you know, it's Judd Apatow. You know, him, both him and Stanley have a very kind of an older uh, style to them. And everything from the opening credits, uh, which are all hand animated little things, and and the the rock type music, uh, just feels very eighties. I don't know. I, I loved it. Sounds like a Better Off Dead or One Crazy Summer. Kind of very similar to those, um, and just as as uh, as crazy. I mean, uh, Gus, or played by Paul Rust, who's also co creator on this guest writing, um, is kind of a weird. Just a weird little guy, well, a weird little dude, as as the girl in this calls him, and um, and he gets into all kinds, all sorts of trouble, you know. And Gillian Jacobs is great; um, she gets into all sorts of trouble, you know. And they're kind of perfect for each other. The interesting thing about this is that it keeps them apart as much as possible. Um, so much so there are many episodes where they don't even really hardly interact, uh, but they kind of go on their own adventures. And I thought that was interesting, something that you don't normally see for a movie called love where your two main characters are kind of supposed to be falling in love. Uh, well, I have two yeah. online streaming picks. One is fire city, which is available on Ooh, Amazon, Amazon prime. I want to know what you guys think out there. And also Sharknado into the heart of sharkness. <laughs> have you seen this yet? This mockumentary no. they did. No. 
They did a mockumentary on the making of Sharknado, and it is mildly amusing, especially. Where do you, where'd you find this? Um, this is available on Amazon Prime. Oh. So check it out if you're out there. Heart of Sharkness, not to be confused with the Heart of Darkness or anything else that's good. <laughs> this is clear. Yeah, this is, it's all made up. Yeah, right. it's a mockumentary. Yeah. It's a fake documentary about the making of the movie. How the guy goes out there and recruits real sharks to be in it and everything. So, but it's a real, but it's from Asylum, right? Oh, yeah. Oh. It's it's part of their canon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it was released initially as part like to go along with that, mm-hmm. uh, but it's just now coming out. I don't know how, but I saw on Instant Watch where they had a thing for it, and I clicked on it. <laughs> so that, that's how you find most. Well, I didn't movies. watch it on Amazon Prime. To be honest with you, I found alternative ways to watch it, but it is available there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Got to love the internet. You're just an alternative kind of guy. Hey, let's not get crazy now. <laughs> let's not get crazy now. All right, let's talk about... Let's, let's, where's the captain? A captain? Let's do some trailers. Yeah, captain. Trailers can be wondrous things, giving us insight into the unseen movies of the future. But when they're bad, fire photon torpedoes. Shields up, red alert. Prepare for trailer addict. Okay. We're prepared. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Let's do this shit. Permission to come aboard? Let's do it. Permission denied. Oh, goodness. Damn. All right. First trailer. Get a job. First trailer. Get a job, you fucking bum. Uh, this is a, a long-delayed movie bitches. with Miles Teller, Anna Kendrick, and this looks about as mediocre as it comes. Why is this coming out in the theaters? Yeah, right? This is a. This looks like a classic Miles Teller movie. Right? I mean, can this dude get a movie that's halfway interesting ever? Even his superhero movies are bad. Whiplash Um, is great. Yeah, I really, I I don't see it. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't get Miles Teller, so I don't get this movie. Anna Kendrick's great, but I don't know about this movie. This movie looked B scale all the way. It kind of reminded me of that one with Ashton Kutcher and Natalie Portman talking about your two big stars there. Um, (laughs) Was that one? No strings attached. No strings attached. Reminded me of that one. I don't think Kutcher's played a cop, so maybe you did win. Like I said, that just goes to show you if Ashton Kutcher hasn't played. No, those are just B-movie stars. Those are just B-movie stars? Kutcher? <laughs> B-movie star. I mean, come on. What's next? Lorenzo Lamas? What about Justin Timberlake? <laughs> he played a cop in time. <laughs> he wasn't a cop in that, was he? Nah, something like that. No, he wasn't. He was one of the rich people, I thought. You were calling Justin Timberlake his movie star? <laughs> I'm talking your Mark Wahlberg. I'm talking, you know what Mark I mean? Mark Wahlberg? Are you kidding me? I'm talking like major That's a star. star. That's a major movie star. Mark Wahlberg. Fucking right. <laughs> He's been in a movie that made a billion dollars. Oh, please. I'm Natalie Portman. Then why, how can you knock Natalie Portman? Because <laughs> nobody saw it because of Natalie Portman. I'll give you the Natalie Portman one. I will give you that caveat. <laughs> but that's it. But I don't get Justin Timberlake. Do I get Mila Kunis? I want Mila Kunis. No, I asked if I got her. <laughs> uh, no, 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 Mila Kunis. All right, all right. Get a job. So we're saying uh, Miles Skip Teller, get a job. Miles Teller, get, make better career choices. Get a job. All right, what's next? Hardcore Henry, the point of view, um, all shot from you know gamer's perspective, or as my mm-hmm. buddy said, the all, halo angle. All first person, yeah. Um, first person movie here trailer interesting to me but this reminded me of crank in that it's a gimmick movie and gimmick movies typically suck 
And uh, I don't know how long I could go along with this gimmick. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the the YouTube uh, videos of first person action stuff they've done. They're really fun, really cool to watch. Um, they're great for like YouTube length stuff. Um, and this is a wonderful trailer. But then you start thinking, as you said, you know, could you imagine watching an entire feature length movie this way? I don't know. And the story really doesn't look that good. It doesn't look that entertaining. I mean, didn't you think that even Crank ran thin? Yeah, Crank is dog shit, both of them. <laughs> well, <that's true>. <laughs> <laughs> well said, sir. I'm glad They're horrible. I mean, the fucking <laughs> sex scene in, in that thing is like just ridiculous. Oh, it's embarrassment to everybody involved. Oh, it's horrible. Amy Smart should know better. Uh, let's move on and talk about Bastille Day. Bastille Day. <laughs> um, I don't know what the fuck this movie was. No, this is. I I thought this was Idris Elba's like bid to be James Bond, right? He's like, okay, I'll do this movie just because it makes me look like I could be James Bond. I I mean, this is. I don't know what the fuck this is. This is like some foreign shit that escaped, and they're showing us like when Robert or Robert De Niro showed up in Ronin, and you're like, oh, you didn't realize it was a foreign movie when you signed on for this, <laughs> did you? Yeah. So this takes place in France. Um, on Bastille Day. On Bastille Day. <laughs> and Idris Elba is actually CIA agent. And this Michael, or Richard, what's his name? Richard Madden? Is this the guy from Mr. Robot? No, this is the guy from, um, he's from Game of Thrones. Regardless, um, I mean, Idris Elba does look badass in this, in moments but the movie's kind of cheap looking. He he needs someone like Luc Besson to come around and show him how to do shit right. Yeah, that would have been, this would have been possibly a better movie. Actually, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure, but at least uh, well, a better trailer because this trailer's confused. It's got it's yeah. all over the place. Yeah, I, I agree. All right, all right, let's let's go on. Uh, another trailer that's very very confused is Criminal. Kevin Costner, Ryan Reynolds, body switch movie. And again, extremely confused trailer. This had a stellar cast. Tommy Lee Jones, Kevin Costner, but, Gary Oldman, Ryan Reynolds. And this trailer gets way cast. too serious. Though. Ryan Reynolds is probably barely in this and everyone else is 100. But why um, does this get so serious? Like I love, I actually really love that about this movie because this movie starts off and you think, my God, another fucking movie where he's like – a CIA, he's a CIA guy, and they're gonna, and he, yeah, and they've they've done this mind thing to him, and now they're gonna they're gonna unlock his mind. And he's gonna be somebody else. When you when they start playing into the whole idea that he's, you know, really um, still his this criminal with this other guy's memories, and I thought that's when it got interesting. I love Kevin Costner. I mean, I, I think I told you I want to do a retrospective podcast just on Kevin Costner. <laughs> Uh, I, I venture to say he might be the, you know, the greatest American actor of, of the of my generation. Uh, I really, I can't think of, a, you know, you can't think of a bad Kevin Costner movie. And if you can, there's so far and few between that I would venture <laughs> to say that he's got fewer and bad if you movies can. <laughs> than any other star out there. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's always good, even even in the bad ones. Right. Um, I mean, magnificent I mean, career. The war, I was never really a fan of, but right. I mean, that's that's one. But he's still good in it. You know, he's still Kevin Costner in every one. So a lot of them are flawed, but he's still really good in most of them, and uh, they're all watchable even to this day. Even Waterworld gets a bad rap. Gets a bad rap. Well, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, but you can see why. But it, it gets a bad rap. 
All right, what else we got here? Colonia. This is, looks interesting. Emma Watson going out and uh, running away from some sort of revolutionary behavior and hiding in a colony for nuns. Doesn't say what time period this is. Looks like a 1950s or 1960s. And this looks pretty intense. Now, I was fooled by the trailer for The Witch. I think I could be fooled again here. But as judging from this, pretty intense and I want to see it. Right. This is um, based on the true place, right? a cult place called Colonia Dignidad or something. I don't know. This is in Chile. I did not know about that. Yeah, it's it's a real place. Uh, after World War II, uh, the German guys went over there and established this thing. And there, there was a whole thing about them like being child molesters and stuff. And I guess the plot of this movie is that her boyfriend um, has gone to, into this cult and she goes in after him. Ah, I like it even more out. now because that trailer didn't take. Um, really and it's based, that. you know, I know that was one thing I was interested in to see the trailer <laughs> totally. Although that's in the trailer, if you know it that, is now, you can yeah, see yeah. it. Yeah, you must have read the synopsis separately. Um, I did. I read about this movie before, um, but I don't know the the buzz on this movie has been really, really pretty poor. Um, they've said mainly it, it's it's too big, you know, for the reality of it because this is all based on real stuff. Um, to a point, I don't think that anyone went in after their boyfriend, but this place did exist. Um, it did crumble. Uh, it was insane. You know, like, like Manson insane. Like the dude that ran, it was like this crazy German dude, um, you know, and after world war two. So it gives you an idea Nazis, you know, these people were a little, a little crazy. Yeah. Times were changing, but yeah, I guess it goes too big and it does kind of look like it goes a little big there at the end, even of the trailer. Intriguing choice, though, for Watson, who continues to do uh, interesting work, much like Kristen Stewart shunned her fame after her franchise ended and delved into these small independent movies, although mm-hmm. she's eminently more likable than Kristen Stewart, I think. Yeah. Well. All right, next we got the teaser for Peach Dragon, which caused, caused quite a stir, um, and I didn't really see why. This trailer looks just like The Jungle Book to me. It looks worse than The Jungle Book. Uh, and I never took to the original Peach Dragon. Did you like the original one? Yeah, you know, I watched it. It was as good as any other, you know, live action cartoon stuff that they were doing at the time. I just thought it was slow um, moving as a kid. Really, really slow. It is. And I don't really see how this, how it translates into this. Um, I mean, I'm a little confused as to what this is trying to be. Uh, this looks inspired by Jurassic Park quite a bit, don't you think? Yeah, and... I mean, I don't. I mean, what is the drag? Where's the story in this? This trailer is, is a teaser yeah. trailer because I'm still very confused as to where where this becomes an actual story. Um, I mean, so far we know there's a kid and a dragon with a very Jungle no, Book story it. of him lost in, uh, lost in the forest. Yeah, and- he's out there in the forest, gets raised by the dragon, or well, he's out there for like eight weeks or something. I don't know. No, six years. What was it six years? And then the dragon helps him but you know i mean i thought the dragon was invisible and uh, i mean the cartoon is invisible right uh, was he, he? Uh, i think i'd have puffed the magic dragon is that puff the magic dragon is that motherfucker <laughs> lived by the sea that's all i know <laughs> um yeah I, I mean i thought peace dragon was invisible and then he became visible you know which i always thought was just the way so they didn't have to draw him <laughs> yeah, right i think you'd be right <laughs> But uh, yeah, so I'm not sure how this translates, uh, as well as the Jungle Book and stuff. You know, I'm, I'm getting I'm a little bit tired of taking things that are meant that, that were created in one aspect and just totally making them real, too real almost. I mean, 
this is just a dragon movie at this point. Like, how many fucking dragon movies have we had? You know, I don't. They're really the dragon movies just aren't good. You know, there's a couple of them that are really good, and then all the other ones are like fucking. You made a dragon movie. Congratulations. What's a couple that are really good in your opinion. I'm just curious. Uh, well, I do like Dragon Slayer, even though that one's probably. But um, uh, I mean, the one that that beats them all uh would have to be uh Reign of Fire. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, that movie's just fucking awesome. I would put Dragonheart up there as well. And Dragonheart would be one, but not not the sequels. No, 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 no. But yeah, Reign of Fire is slept on. Great movie. All right, let's move on and talk about the comedy in the group. Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates, starring Adam Devine and Zac Efron, also Anna Kendrick. This thing looks hilarious. I can't wait to see this. I think this is the kind of movie that is funny in the trailer, but is not giving away all its best bits. Because there's a lot of jokes to be mined just from the situations that they're saying. Yeah, I mean, this is a... This is a movie where they, you know, they're gonna switch off. I mean, I'll, you know, Zac Efron and Adam Devine play brothers who are complete fucking morons, right? And they're gonna, their sister's gonna get married. Their parents don't want them to come stag to the wedding because they're going to ruin it, right? They're gonna go ape shit crazy, and they, and they're two dumbass brothers, right? They're gonna play off each other until it gets out of hand. So they they have to get dates for this wedding, um, and of course, which is they, in Hawaii, which is in Hawaii, and so Aubrey, they go on well, that windy. Wendy Williams. Williams show. To, like you don't to watch her dates. every day at 11. <laughs> I don't. Um, and, and, uh, and Anna Kendrick and Aubrey Plaza are these two, uh, female equals to these, to these guys, right? Crazy bitches, um, who see this as an opportunity to, to land these guys. I guess they must be rich or something. Um, obviously I guess they went on Wendy Williams. They're somebodies. And they show up at the wedding, and the, these guys think they got, uh, you know, some girls that are going to make them look good. And they, of course, make them look like morons. <laughs> so, yeah, so lots of comedy here, right? But it, it definitely, uh, you don't worry about switching off, you know, maybe even getting off track from the guys, and suddenly you're on to the girls. And then, I mean, who's the stars of this movie? Who cares? It looks hilarious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Honestly, it looks hilarious. I think this. this I mean, I like care a- that there's a movie uh, in here somewhere, and I, I don't know that it looks that hilarious. There's a lot of funny parts in it, but uh, that kind of shit can get old. I think that there's a lot of comedy that can be mined from the situations, from the interracial marriage they're setting up, um, from the fact that these chicks are white trash, uh, that the, the money, you know, the class wage gap there, all that kind but of stuff. But I think stuff. we did that in the trailer. I mean, uh, you're just going to expand that, same things over and over again. I think the cast. I don't know. I, th- I think I think you too. need. You, you, yeah, love the cast, but I, th- I think you need a, a real story, and I'm interested to see how the actual plot, you know, pans out, especially in following these characters, because you have these four characters who are clearly have you know groupings, the, the, the sexes, you know, men and, and the women, um, and either one of them could be their own movie. What's kind of interesting here is that Zac Efron has continued to chose comedies the awkward because they're the only good things that he's in their grandpa they watch next i mean they're the only shot he has yeah i mean good luck on the getting a serious career here he's playing straight man here he's not even the comedic element neighbors i mean this is crazy no he's kind of a goof in this although anyone next to adam divine is going to look like the straight man yeah i mean that kid is fucking hilarious all right then we have the purge 
This is the third film in the Purge series. The <laughs> it's actually titled Election Year, and oh it's being dropped in an election year. Purge Three. Yeah, this I mean, I'm down. This looks like it uh, looks more like the second one again than the first one, right? It's more going to be more of a of a dark action movie. This looked like um, Olympus has fallen or something. Yeah, yeah, but a little. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's a little too straightforward at this point. You know, I don't know. They, they're bringing back the the guy from the second one, and he's basically going to protect um, the, a senator who wants to put an end to the purge. Yeah, and and yeah. So I, well, a, a, I, I bit, a bit straightforward. Way way far away from where we started off here. Yeah, I know. That's more of a of a dark action movie. The first one had the, the elements of horror still, with those kids being caught. You know, with the, with the car that broke down, we've completely abandoned that at this point. We're really just a dark action movie. I thought the second one was was great entertainment. I thought it was better than the first one, and this third one, I, I'm surprised you even you're being this kind to it. I I really was like, wow, we're going this cheap on it. We're just turning this, like you said, do it an action movie. That's with with, with kind of zombie. If the, I mean, they're not zombies, but they might as well be. There's people trying to break in, so. It's a, you know trapped in a small room movie. Uh, this is not my idea. Of well, the this... the second one did that too. I mean, this looks to be traversing the same ground the second one did. Um, you have the the revolutionary guys who are against it in this as well, right? They're definitely trying to follow. They're trying to wrap this up. They've created some sort of a story in the second one, if you remember. Mm-hmm. And there definitely looks like they're trying to really just focus on that and wrap and wrap it up in in this third one. So I guess, you know, in, in that sense, I understand why it is the way that it is. But, yeah, you know, I, it's it's odd that they turn these Purge movies into a trilogy in the sense that the first one really has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, they stand so on its own. It's, the second and third now are tied. Well, the second would stand on its own, but they, they did go a little deeper into it. I kind of wish that they had just kind of done like the second one because you could still have all the elements of the story, you know. And kind of wrap it up and everything, but this feels a bit too plot heavy, right? For what for what it should be. It just feels. I know it's hard to say formulaic when you're talking about a movie, a horror movie like that, but it just feels a little too easy. Well, I don't think it feels formulaic enough for you, is what you're saying, because you really want this to be more of a horror movie, you know? Which is I what just, the, the, the elements one the, was the second one. I want the second one reminded me of great Carpenter movie, you know, like a great Escape yeah. from New York type movie. Mm-hmm. This maybe it's this is a, you know is assault from a. This doesn't have team. that. This feels more like a Olympus has fallen or something like that. You might yeah. as well get Gerard Butler in here. Oh boy! Oh goodness! I know he's free. <laughs> maybe he is in here. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> uh, what else do we have on the show? Mother's Day. Mother's Day. Is this the last one? What do you think? I think. I'm As good. you thought on Mother's Day? Yeah. Uh, when are they going to stop with – this is a remake, first of all, of a bad 80s movie. Was uh, – well, it is Gary Marshall. Was uh, was it uh, – was the that one like this too? A <laughs> no, bunch I mean, of different stories? No, that's that's a horror movie. This oh, is, you're talking <laughs> – Yeah, this is obvious. I didn't even get the joke. I, I got it now. I got you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> that took me a second. <laughs> this is obviously in the Valentine's <laughs> Day. Oh, God. I never saw right? a lot of those. Yeah, Crash, all that shit. Um, I like Gary Marshall more as a personality than I do his movies. It's strange. I can listen <laughs> to the guy talk. He's a funny guy. I mean, he's like Carl Reiner, Mel Brooks kind of guy. Yeah, you know yeah. I mean? he's, he's a funny guy. Um, but yeah, I'm a little done with these types of movies. Um, I, I don't bad. know. It's okay if they hit. Well, yeah. Well, my problem with these is that they're not 
they're not really a short collection of films or a collection of short films. They're one long film. Um, that's several long films that are cut up and kind of assimilated into one movie. Not very artistic. So I just, yeah, but I normally, when I watch these, I normally think, fuck, you know, eight of these storylines, I don't give a shit about. And the one I do care about is, you know, 10 minutes long. Yeah. Well put. And if you You like more than one, you're lucky. Uh, I thought Valentine's day worked. I never, never saw it. So I I thought with the cast there, I, I liked enough of the personalities. I thought it worked for what it was doing. I didn't think the same for New Year's Eve and now Mother's Day, which yeah. looks very similar to that in the same kind of idea that exists in the same world. And like you said, you get stuck and they're not like they're clever little shorts. None of these are really have any sort of – if you can't see where these are going, yeah. you've probably never seen a movie before. You know, Most of these have yeah. – if one of them has a trick ending, you're like, oh, that's at least something to see. But uh, I don't know. Gary Marshall yeah. – it's Penny Marshall and Gary Marshall have been behind some big movies, but most of the time, which is shit. I mean, Big was a great movie, mm-hmm. A League of Their Own, but my goodness. Yeah, I know. It's been a while since we've Talk about an unlikely trilogy. Did you think when Valentine's Day opened it, we'd have like three of these? Well, kind of, but only in the sense of, of what that one did. Uh, what's the next Labor Day? Right. We had a Labor Day. They already Jeez. made that movie. Oh my god! That one's actually good, and it's not like that. Is these, that isn't so. a bad movie? I know that's a Jason <laughs> Reitman movie. That has nothing to do with this. That's a lot. That movie has a lot more on its mind than anything in this <laughs> trilogy. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird that you would even call this a trilogy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Though it's kind of no. Bad. You're right. I mean, that's the whole point of these. Yeah, um, but isn't it just safe. yeah? Very safe. Very hallmarky commercial. It's to win a weekend. When I see this kind of thing, I think, all right, they're looking for a big opening weekend, mm-hmm. a 50% fall off every weekend throughout, and then this is the background of HBO and eventually on a Lifetime channel or something like that. You know, this plays on television for the next 10 years on Mother's Day on TBS somewhere. And that's what it's there for. <laughs> so there you go. On TBS. Luckily, you watch TNT, so. Uh, yeah, safe. exactly. Do you remember movies for guys who like movies? Remember all that stuff? <laughs> yeah. I don't do that kind of shit anymore. Come on. No, guys don't like movies anymore. Terrible. I do. <laughs> <laughs> You're the last one. Uh, well, that's going to wrap up our show for this evening. I want to thank you all for joining us on episode 296. Remind you all that the Oscars are next weekend. Tune in on Sunday, February 28th to see the live Oscar telecast. And don't forget to root for Sylvester Stallone for Rocky, because you know I'll be doing that. I know you'll be doing that too, huh? And Matt Damon for The Martian. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, I know you're a big Martian fan. I, I'm mm-hmm. glad that you can see how crazy that is, that that movie was nominated for everything it was nominated for, right? And the outcry that Ridley Scott wasn't nominated was totally justified. I mean, yeah, I know. I, I didn't think that he should have been nominated at all. I don't know. It does, it, it does kind of lead a, a little bit of, of, of credence for the – you know the Oscars too white stuff though, oh. which is sad to say. Because but after watching The Martian, it's like, oh yeah, guys, come on! Yeah. I gotta believe Will Smith was way better in Concussion. He was, yeah. And, uh, I, you so just was gotta Michael believe B. Jordan, uh, or the guy who played Easy E in Shannon Compton. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll be back with you next week with the retrospective podcast with Interview with a Vampire, and the week after that, we'll be back with the regular podcast. Discussing the Oscars and all the other good stuff going on in Hollywood. 
Thank you guys for joining us. Our past podcast can be found at Talks. Excuse me. What is it? Talk Shoe? Talk Shoe. Stitcher. I like Talk Soup better, though. So. The Talk Soup. It can be found with Craig Kilborn over at Talk Soup. Uh, hopefully in the 90s. And uh, get that all situated. Speaking for Trevor Anderson, I'm Jason Rugard, and we got through it tonight on the Movie Mavericks podcast. Thanks for joining us. Oh my, another magnificent episode has come to an end. If you're craving more, set your destination to moviemavericks.com, warp 9. Engage! With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.